far as playoff history with the Toronto Maple Leafs, you don't have to go much further to our next guest when it comes to entrenching his spot. Third all-time in Game 7s with six goals, Wendell Clark. Clarky, how are you, pal? I'm good. How are you doing, Skipper? I'm good. Just another day in Leafland, right? Another day going to Game 7. Might as well do it the hard way. <laughs> uh, just give us a little uh, taste of what it's like in the Clark household watching uh, last night uh, the Leafs battle Tampa Bay. Well, no, it's uh, we, we give it up early and give them the lead and worked our butt off to get it back, and then we weren't able to get in overtime. We had our chances, but we couldn't put it away. So game seven is going to be our game. So, so what do you think, Wendell? We got our producer here, Sam McKee, who believes there's a curse. He believes in jinxes. He believes in the universe conspiring against the Maple Leafs right now. Is it just as, <laughs> is it bad luck? What's going on? Is there a curse? No, there's no curse. We just have to figure out the team that scores the most goals wins or, or allows the least, whichever way you want to look at it. But uh, no, I, I think it's a, uh, we're not, Tampa Bay's not going to roll over a team that won two, two Stanley cups in a row and playoff maturity. And they're not going to make it easy. So we have to earn it and it's going to go to game seven. And if we play the way we can play, uh, we, we'll take game seven. Uh, Clarky, when you when you look back at your game sevens and your ability to put the puck in the net, um, uh, what do you what do you remember most about playing those critical games and, and the way it made you feel, either uh, emotionally or, or physically? I mean, um, what what could some of the star players uh, be feeling now coming into this game? Because uh, last night I said Tavares had I think his best game I've ever seen him. And that included in any Islander uh, jersey. He was that good. How do you carry that into Game Seven? Well, I think it's it, it's all or nothing. Every Game Seven, every player knows it, it's all or nothing, and you you really make the game really simple. If you're a 15 minute player, you, you, you're telling yourself, "I only I'm working 15 minutes today." You make it sound as simple as possible. You know, you've played a long series. You've uh, everything's very hard. But if you break it down and look at it, that the average player plays 15 15 minutes. It doesn't look like that much work in a 24-hour period. So the the best guys just simplify it right down, and and then you keep the game simple. Um, don't don't uh, don't let the other team have an easy one, and and uh, hopefully by the end, uh, your your skill will will win the game. So does the weight of the city provide a, a positive help, or is it more of a burden? There's just so much noise around the team, you know. No, I actually the players you don't hear the noise unless you're following yourself or something, but um, it, 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 you're just playing. This is the best time of the year to play hockey. This is why we all grew up wanting to play hockey. If uh, I don't think there's a better spot you can play where you hear the most noise. That's that, that, that's the fun part. Uh, the, the excitement in the town, the excitement in the arena, you hear the building playing at home right now. If you don't want to play in those games, then, then you're playing for the wrong reason. This is, uh, there's no negative with what goes on in the city. That's the, the most uh, hockey fans in one area. That's the best place to play, Clark. You would you would just would you be worried about a guy like Vasilevsky coming in in a game seven and, and shutting the door? And I, I I only mean that because you've already shown that uh, you can put the puck in the net in this series. Uh, but would you would you revisit trying to find ways to bother him or at least not give him a chance to to steal this one? Um, basically, just get the puck at the net. Because you see, he does let in. The, the thing with Vasilevsky, he's really, uh, by looking at him, he's an old-school type goalie, almost like a grand fear that they much bigger. But he, he can have an average game, and then he can say, okay, you're not scoring no more. Like, basically, overtime last night, he you know, he let a couple of the ones where he was deep in his net and it bobbled and went in, and it, they shouldn't have went in on him. But then come overtime, he basically said, no, you're not scoring. So that, that's, that makes you nervous when you have a goalie that's that good in that end. So you got to – that's why if you, you, you know, you're up or you get a couple, you got to make sure that the goals you, you, you give up on – that the other team scores, they have to earn them. You can't, you can't give them to them because you have to respect the goaltenders that's on the other side. But I, I think we're, we're good for a couple, but we, we know that he can all of a sudden say that's, a, that's enough, that he's proved that for two years that, that he can play goal. 
you know, watching their best guys show up in, in big moments. Um, is there anyone on that Tampa Bay team that you would think, okay, we got to do something different on this guy or, or give him some extra attention? Or is it more about focusing on what the Leafs want to do on their own side of things? I think, uh, you know, it's a lot of it is, is worry about ourselves and, and just don't, don't turn the puck over in certain areas of the game because, you know, down the road with the skill level of our hockey team, you're, you're going to get your chances and you're going to play well. You got to know that you're going to play well and, and, and you'll get your chances to score. It's just don't, don't uh, hand them the easy ones because they will finish. You know, they've got, they've got players that can skate and finish and will play in traffic. will play in all situations. They've, uh, you know, when you're playing a team that's won the Stanley Cup a couple of years in a row, they can play in all situations. They don't care what kind of game they're playing. They've already proved it over two years that they can play any style to win. So you have to play as, as smart as they do and and uh, make sure when it's time to, to, to win, you win. And that's, that's all you can do. You throw it all on the table and you hope the cards land in your favor. We're talking to Leaf legend Wendell Clark uh, going into this critical Saturday night game seven. Wendell, we saw an early look at a lineup that included Simmons and Clifford. Uh, Sheldon described it as maybe uh, getting that part of uh, the equation out of the series early and then focusing on uh, your skill and what really is your strength. Would, would you consider maybe a hybrid between that early roster and the one that we saw recently, or would you, let, would you leave it as is? I, I almost leave it uh, as is because the game's so fast and everybody's playing so hard that, um, they, you know, whatever his gut call is as a coach, that's what he's going to go with. And, and really, it's, it's minimizing uh, the mistakes and, and uh, playing. And, and you, when you get the chance, uh, put it away. But um, you, you're, because of the skill in our team, they have to want to play in traffic and, and do things as well. It can't, be, it can't be relied on one guy that's playing three minutes. Um, it, it, um, it's coming down to the whole team, uh, playing and bringing it and, and just, just playing the right way, um, for the whole game. And, and so is there anything that, uh, you change, you know, when you think about the mindset of a game seven, is there anything that's different or is it just, you know, your, your usual hockey and try to keep it as regular as possible? Well, it's pretty much the same as, as every other game, but it's game seven. So maybe it, it's more of a hybrid between your uh, third. It's almost like you're playing a third period overtime starting right at the drop of the puck in the first period. That's the intensity level and, and the mistake level because you don't know. Maybe the goal you give up in the first five minutes is one nothing, and that's the game. So you, you, you have to have the mindset that you're playing, you know, the, the game sevens are all kind of like the last ten minutes of the third and in overtime. You're you got to make no mistakes, play hard, and and just do the right things, and keep getting the puck at the net. Like you can't you can't say that enough. You just keep putting in the puck at the net, and not turning it over in danger zones because momentum uh, is a killer. And and uh, use use the hometown crowd as great energy to make yourself feel better. You think the Bay Street guys will actually be in the seats uh, at, at puck drop, or are they still cutting billion-dollar deals underneath? No, no. <laughs> They'll order smaller pints now. It's just a game <laughs> seven. They're going to get out there quicker. Half pint now. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be jumping. That's the the best thing uh, about playoff hockey. It really changes in Toronto. I do a lot of the visits and the difference between regular season and playoff time. Everybody everybody's watching from the get go. It's uh, the energy in the city. Uh, there's nothing more fun than playing hockey in the playoffs in a Canadian city. Well, you experienced it uh, against the likes of the LA Kings and Gretzky, that series, uh, Vancouver. Must be must bring back great memories for you uh, seeing this again. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Anytime you're like the only time uh, you guys know you miss hockey is this time of the year. You don't you don't miss training camp. You don't miss the dregs of February. It's it's this time of the year where your practices are easy and you're just playing a hockey game every 48 hours and, and you're giving it, you're all in front of fans that love you. And then the, the other night it's the fans that hate you. So it's, uh, it's, it's fun stuff. So uh, what time should we show up at your cottage? You're, you're doing the outdoor tents, right? With the giant screens. Is, is that, yeah. is that what we're doing Saturday night? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, that's, that's later. <laughs> okay. I'm going to be down. I'm going to be down to this one yet. <laughs> All right. Well, listen. At road, ga- at road games, you come see, sneak, and find me. <laughs> okay. We will. Uh, Clarky, thanks so much for doing this, man. All right. Really Thank appreciate it. Wendell Clark. Bye. All right. He's feeling good, Sammy.
All right. Uh, yeah. We're, we're good. We're good. He's 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 confident. I he, I put a ch- in the chat that I would really wish that Prime Wendell could suit up for this game tomorrow night. And uh, a perfect. Oh, sorry. Poe Buddy's nerfed <laughs> as a really hard thing to say on the chat. It says, assuming Wendell plays for free uh, to fit it under the cap, of course. So. Wow. Yes. I, I think I think Wendell I would suit say- up for free. My thought of, of, you know, the way Wendell summarized all that is his mindset is probably part of what contributed to his value as a player, which is like simplify. These are big games. Don't turn it over. You're playing 15, 20 minutes, so work hard for 15. He really boiled it down simply, right? This is not rocket surgery. Get up there and do it. He's Wendell a farmer. Kind of, he kind of played one way. Yeah. Like, it's not like there was a lot of finesse and with he, Wendell yeah. out there. <laughs> and he grew up on a farm. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I, they're one of my all-time favorite YouTube videos. It, I mean, early YouTube, one of my favorite videos ever. It's all. It's called All Heart, and it's a five-minute-long YouTube video set to a Metallica song. I forget which one, and it's just yeah, Wendell. Wendell just running dudes and beating the piss out of guys. Like, I, I, I'm probably going to watch it before Game 7 to get myself fired up because it's that good. So I love hearing from Wendell today. How much yeah. pressure do you um, think is on Sheldon to close this thing out? I, I want to get back into that conversation because I promised uh, I would. Uh, yesterday on our show with Ford Stellick, I said that... Before, uh, before we get into that, Kipper, yeah. I just wanted to mention that if you keep listening after the break, we might have a little trivia question for some potential tickets to... Oh, my goodness. Game, to game, game seven, seven playoffs? Yeah. No way. Yeah. Would you just find them under your no, desk? No, no, no. I've just been saving it, it, it for the most important part of the show. So, yeah. Right now, if you're listening, keep listening. After the oh break, we're going to have a little trivia question. And you could win two tickets to potentially yeah. the uh, the Reckoning or the Exorcism or whatever you want to call it. There's a lot of different things that could happen. Yeah. So get into your point about Sheldon. Just Sammy, to let's say you got those tickets. Yes. Let's say you got those tickets and someone offered to buy them for a thousand bucks a ticket. Done deal. Done deal. No. You're not going to game seven? I would not go, yeah. No, that's low. I wouldn't go. I think. Uh, What's the number? Five hundred. No, I actually no I, the, for a pair. Uh, oh, for a pair. Sixteen hundred. I was going to say at least seventeen fifty. I think that's the ballpark right now. Listen, I got to tell you right now, boys, and this may sound nuts. Someone offered me tickets, wouldn't go. Wouldn't go for what do you this mean? one. Wouldn't go. Do you know? Do you know? Are you sick? Yeah, I am. I am. I'm sick. In, I'm sick in the head, bro. I can't. No. I, 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 it's too. No, no. I, I, I need a dark room like, game. This get, game seven's dark my, room game. My wife, in many ways, wants the playoffs over because once the game starts, like I'm on my phone. I got, I got. <laughs> Us no two. word of a lie. No word of a lie. I've got fifteen conversations going <laughs> <laughs> between uh, like uh, uh, texts and uh, WhatsApp and all these different things. I don't even know. I'm like, I'm talking to like 15 different people. <laughs> but there's this one guy I talked to who's out in California. Okay. And he's like, I, I, I can't watch. And you know, I, you, you throw that, I, I, can't, I can't watch, but you still have a conversation with them. And now I'm like seven or eight messages in and I'm like, you're really not watching. Yeah. Like really, he's literally not watching. He's literally game. not watching, and I'm his only lifeline to the game. He is so nervous <laughs> that he refuses to watch. He loves the team so much that he can't watch. And I'm like, buddy, I, I, I think he needs therapy. That's I know the feeling. Sick. I I That's was sick. I was pacing last What's night. What's the point of being a fan? Because I listen. I'm just I'm just looking up here. I'm looking uh, for tomorrow night. Uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness starts at 7 p.m. at the Queensway Cineplex. <laughs> uh, I've really been I've been really waiting to see Doctor Strange, so maybe I'll go ch- check that out. Turn off the phones, come out on the other side. Thanks but I'm for like, watching. What is what is the real like? What is the point of going through all of this if you can't actually just watch the game? It's an excellent question, and I one I do not have an answer to, but it's just it's horrifying. Super well said. It's horrifying. <laughs> like, care too much. But it, yeah. it, that's, well, it's that's not good. It's not good, <laughs> as Brad May has said many times on this show. No, it's not. But uh, I, well, you know, here's the, you know, here's a thought exercise for people at home. I legitimately can't watch in real time tomorrow. I'm at the Clark Celebration of Life in the evening, so I'll be recording and watching it. The question is: Do I let myself know the score? 
or watch it from scratch. Oof. See, not that, I, I'm not a. I I, I cannot to, do that. I'd have to know. I cannot do that. Like every once in a while, my wife would go, um, "Can you during the game? Can you pause it and help me out here?" And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> "Absolutely no. not." Uh, <laughs> are you serious? Now, like something's gonna happen, and I'm not gonna know when everyone else knows. Uh, I can't have that. <laughs> I cannot have Momo. not you knowing know, when everyone Kipper, else knows. Scram beat it. My rule is that if if it takes as much time as a commercial break, so I can pause it and then catch up again over a commercial mm. break, I'm in. If we're outside the three minutes, I can't do it. Somebody just texted and said Sammy has Leafid 19. So <laughs> I'm sick with the with the Leafid 19. Yeah. I'm sick with it. I Leafid 19. I, I don't know. I there may be a, another host so, in the station that I'll be watching the game with tomorrow night. So but I'm thinking about a movie. I do remember vividly when we were up three one in 1994, and Game Five tickets were available, or you bought, or you scalped, whatever the case was. They were more in demand and a higher price than Game Seven. Really? Yes. Why? Really? Yes, because the marketplace wanted to be a part of the euphoria of, the of winning. Of mm. Once Game 7 set it up that I'm going to go pay all this money to be disappointed, Maybe not, yeah. I'm not paying for that. Uh, there was, the, guar- there was the, more, the more of the guarantee that they were going to go see something that closes out positively than negatively. I, I get that. And that's wow. that's the reason that I would be horrified the entire game at Scotiabank Arena for a game seven. I would love to go to a game one or game two of the second. You, the second round would be great. Yeah. Would love that. Would be really fun. <laughs> but the sad can you imagine moping out of there onto the subway after a four nothing lightning? Oh. Like, no way. I, I want TV TV off, <laughs> lights off, bed. That's what I want if they lose. So <laughs> for the rest of the summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we'll be, we'll be covering all the series. Of <laughs> Can't wait for our five-guest show, boys. All right, we should talk about some hockey here. Um, feeling okay with Jack Campbell? Keith. Oh, Keith. Okay, we'll go to we'll go to we'll go to Sheldon, Keith, and just where where are we on on Sheldon needing this win or Kyle if you want to go there as well? I, I, the honest answer is I, I don't know with Sheldon. Here's why. Ky, it, it all comes down to Kyle. Like, if Kyle's back, I can't see him firing Sheldon. You know, they seem like a package deal. But if Kyle's gone, I can't see them keeping Sheldon. So Sheldon's job, to me, doesn't even hang in the balance of, of what happens to him. It's what happens to no, Kyle. Listen, and then the question yeah, becomes, no, no? Yeah, I, I disagree with that because there's often times when a coach's job is on the line and he somehow survives, but he's told, listen, uh, someone's got to be held accountable and he loses his assistant coaches, you know? So... I I don't know. I, I don't know whether or not after this would be six tries for this group. Right? Not six. This is the fifth. Well, Keith came around for what? The last I, I, Boston well, one? I, so this is as far as uh yeah, as far as uh the core. The core group here, and yes, I know this was actually, you know, if you really think about it. Sheldon's first normal year, right? Um, outside yeah. of the pandemic, which we are still in, apparently. But I just don't know <laughs> whether or not coming off a 3-1 series lead and now a 3-2 series lead that you yeah. would go to the well one more time and sell the same program to, I don't know, the the fan base, the you know where where would the media be called on accountability here? That that's honestly well, no. So go ahead, Barney. Go ahead. Well, this is a big part of me. You know, Sammy, where I'm at is I've been covering the Leafs, you know, closely, extensively for years now. 
I don't think I can go to the well and write another article this summer that says, well, actually, the team's pretty good. You know, well, well, actually, the team did really well, and they just got a bad break, and it was Tampa. Well, actually, at some point, you have to win. You know, so I, I, I you know, as media, Kipper, and you too, I mean, they got to win a hockey game, or, I, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be able to be like, you know, this is a good group, run it back again. I just don't, I don't think I could do it again. That's honestly pretty close to what I was going to say, that how do you sell the fan base on it? How do you sell everyone who covers the team on it? You have to have extreme even faith. Even if it's right. Even if it's right. Like, I, I think uh, Dubas has done a pretty good job building this team. It's a great hockey team. They've taken the defending Stanley Cup champions to seven games. They've played close games. They've been probably the better team in this series. Keith has been a but pretty good coach. you can't get out of the first round. If you can't get out of the first round, and we're sitting here doing real Kipper and Born on October with the exact same crew, what the hell do you talk about? What do you, like... You talk about this year regular season being meaningless. Next year, it's just the like, same conversation. It feels like you is, need a fresh set of eyes. By, by Sunday or Monday, if they lose, can Kyle Dubas go back with the double-down speech again? Oh, God. Because that's what it's going to have to... You know, for Sheldon to keep his job, for Kyle, obviously, to be told he... He gets to keep his job. And for Brendan to say, I still believe in these two guys, who's going to step up to the podium and deliver that same speech? Uh, everything's great. He can't. I don't think he can either. <laughs> Derek, home run. <laughs> there you go, Derek. Uh, everything's great. I, Who was that again? Yeah, I, I, oh, I yeah. just can't. Who was I that, Sammy? That was Dubis. Was Everything, that Dubis. Everything's great. Yeah, yeah it's Dubis. Yeah. It's yeah. a tough one, right, guys? I wouldn't it want to is. be making this. And listen, like this team, if you ran it back again next year, might be awesome again, and they might have a great chance in playoffs. They might get an easier draw. They might win. You know, this team, if they get by Tampa Bay this year, they could yeah. win the cup. See, not, not it, a, is, it, it's JB. We're in a salary cap era. We have no idea what this team's going to look like uh, by September, October. We don't. Geo, uh, well, Dunn, uh, Mikheyev in another uniform. Uh, who needs new contracts? How much are you going to re-up Sandine on a, a coming out of his entry deal? Labushkin needs a new deal. Who's your goalie? Jack Campbell gone? Is yeah, he back? Is it, is, it, is it three and a half million or is it still five? Say, say Jack Campbell. Oh, it's not five. Tell me something. <laughs> Tell me something. Jack Campbell loses Saturday night like he lost in game six. Is, is he worthy of coming back? Or do you get rid of him? And if you do, who's your next goalie? And how much do you think you're going to pay him? Eh, Mrazic will be fine. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Has there been a, a Mrazic sighting anywhere? Yeah, can we get anywhere? National Geographic? Oh, I believe I saw him. Those, <laughs> hey, those are, it, it's tough to sit there and say they're going to be just as good. It is. I agree with that no, statement. No, it is. It is, Kipper, but a lot of the guys that they had around the core are coming back on two-year deals, and that's Bunting, uh, Camp, Kasha, uh, you know, like they, they're most of the, the important parts of the team will be around if they want to keep them around. But do you want to keep them around? It's just such a massive game tomorrow night. It's just like all the stuff massive. we've been talking about. The the difference in between. I guess this is why you. It's pro sports, and that's why you get involved in it. But the stakes are just incredibly high. You think of the narrative and what we're talking about on Monday if they win versus what we lost. It what they it's just it's hard to fathom a bigger swing game for a front office for a team for a franchise yes. than tomorrow night's game. And I'm not here to say for a podcast <clears throat> for, for for our jobs. <laughs> but you know without definitively saying that people will lose their jobs, there is a sense that jobs are on the line here. I agree. I mean Yes, Kipper, yes, 100%. Okay. I, imagine we're sitting here on October 4th for a puck drop. Season's about to begin, and it's just the same group. I can't. Yeah. 
All right. Well, as Sammy alluded to earlier in the show, uh, you're going to want to stick around after the break because uh, there's game seven tickets, maybe. There's a couple floating around. And text floating us. around. Oh, yeah. We should do. We're going to get some questions going, we too. We are going to get some. Uh, some text questions uh, or out of our, our out of our chat as well. Is there a, what is it, text 590-590 or something? Yeah, text 590-590. And I, I got that right? Yeah, you did. You I'm nailed shocked. It. And just to get us warmed up, we just got a great text unsolicited. It said the tough thing about this whole potential change situation is that the Leafs were 10 minutes away from being home free, beating the back-to-back champions in six games. And isn't that the oh. truth? And what were they, 12 minutes in Boston? Were candies and nuts. <laughs> yeah. Every day would be Christmas. And they were, you know, a couple shots away from beating Montreal in five. So yeah. it's yeah. it's a game of inches, fellas. All right. We're going to try to uh, hunt down uh, my teammate in 94 and one of the Mateo. biggest, biggest heroes. Scored one of the most famous goals in history, guys, when you look back. One of the bigger ones in NHL history, no doubt. There you go. Stefan Mateau. We'll find Mateau, Mateau, Mateau after the break as well. Stick around for more Real Kipper and Bourne. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's pick up where we left off. Going in a break. Sammy, what do you got to do to give away those priceless tickets? Although they are starting around 1500 bucks for a pair. For whereabouts? For lower bowl or upper bowl? What do, you th- what do you got? What's it to get in the building? What's the lowest price? I would think uh, it would be in the ballpark of $1,000 just, in. In, just to get in the building. 500 I think, for upper bowls. And probably you're looking at 750 each ticket in the lower bowl to start. Maybe I'll sell my press pass for a couple hundred bucks. Maybe that would be a good idea. All right. Uh, okay, so here we go. For a chance to win game seven tickets, Toronto Maple Police, Tampa Bay Lightning, all you have to do is text the correct answer of the following question to 590-590. This Toronto Maple Leafs player scored two goals in the last game seven. The Maple Leafs actually won. Text your answers to 59590 now. And for all the details, head to sportsnet.ca slash 590, fellas. Okay, just whisper it in my ear so no one else hears. Uh, no. Ned McSteely of the 1932. <laughs> New Zealand, <laughs> please. New Zealand alone. <laughs> uh, Nevin? They got some... The, the, Kennedy? Oh, my... Boys, there's a lot of people listening to our show, eh? People listen. The, holy crap, the texts are flying in. Are they? Oh, my God. At a record. So what, what number? <laughs> what number did you say wins? Uh, I don't know. I don't pick it. Well, who picks it? Ah, somebody. Somebody from behind the scenes. <laughs> I'm looking behind. I don't see any scenes. <laughs> no, this, we're the only people here. Like, there's us, a couple of sports. <laughs> it's just us. Uh, when do we announce? When do we find out? Are we going to announce a name by the end of the show? Well, well, yeah. Well, maybe not by the end of the show. So, so what do we send out? Like a bat signal should, out? No, no. The the promotions will be in touch, and it's a whole process, Kipper. Don't uh, worry about it. It's that's okay. not exciting. Oh wow. Well. We should get the winner on the show to have a couple of comments or about the experience <laughs> or something. Well, we could. I could just get somebody to call in and tell them. Yeah. All right. All right. Somebody out there is going to be very happy. All right. Got a couple great. Um, a couple great questions on the text line here before we got exactly one million texts and answers here. So I will, (laughs) let me see here. Um, Are the Leafs' power play struggles this postseason so far being really overlooked? If the power play goes over in game seven, can they still win the game? I got. I got to think that uh, yes. specialty teams are going to make a difference. JB, we had a discussion about a week before the playoffs that it it was a cold power play going in, and we talked about the guys in and out of the lineup, and we're not really seeing uh, seeing uh, you know the, the 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 core group together. But there was a sense that it's not a light switch, eh, when it comes to creating good energy around a power play. No, and. It- no, and yeah, we did. We talked about them down the stretch in the final 10 games, clipping along at 14%, despite being the best power play in the league. It was a little ominous, and 
you know, the way things started in the with their, their power play, you know, they had Matthews on his offside doing the catch and release thing. You know, Tampa Bay's cheating to him, so he's got no time and space. Morgan Riley's hanging on the puck too long. I thought that since they flipped it, it looked a little better. Riley's moving it a little uh, quicker. I honestly feel like they're on the verge of breaking through. Maybe that'll be a Game 7 prediction for me. I think that power play looked like it was coming along. There was a sense yesterday that uh, when we did see Matt, um, when we saw Riley on it, uh, he was much more noticeably quicker on movements. Quick. And uh, I'm yeah. just wondering, did Sheldon get to him? Was the, the thought that Giordano started a few power plays uh, a message to him? Yeah, and I don't even know if so much a message. It's just like the, the Leafs, top guy on the power play does not need to be Kale McCarr. It needs to be someone who gets it over to Mitch Marner, let Mitch Marner lull some people to sleep and hope Austin Matthews can get a puck on the backside. You know, like it, it's not that complicated. And when Riley hangs on to it for that extra half second, the whole thing goes to pot. So I, I'm willing to bet they said, listen, you know, either move it to the guys we want to have it or someone else will. The, okay, I got another question for you guys here. The real question is, and I kind of agree with our boy Jeff in Toronto, is can Campbell steal a game? That's why I worry. I don't think he can. I'm just saying. The answer is he's capable Never. of winning Saturday. Okay. But uh, I think... That, that's he, a hedge. He's, he cannot even let in one bad goal. To me, he's going to have to have that game where he's just got to make the saves that he's supposed to make. I did not like, of course, I hated Kerfoot's drop pass, but I, I didn't like the, I didn't like the shot. Could have bailed him out. It, it, it found well, what it, the, it's not it, like the shot. The shot's from the, it, it, it almost hit the middle of the net guys. It wasn't posting in. He didn't yeah, beat see, him far side. It beat him under the arm. Like you can't, yeah. you want to like, give up a goal through you. It has to be five hole. It has to be. It cannot be under the arms. This is the thing. There's none of those goals where you'd say, bad goal, Campbell, Campbell cost them. But, yeah, there were a few. And, listen, he made some other saves that maybe another goalie wouldn't have. I don't know. But I, I just thought that, you know, that spot, the shot wasn't that great. But they let him get a shot from there. You know, I go back and forth on Campbell's performance. But I'm with you, Kipper. Uh, I mean, Make the saves you're supposed to make and the Leafs will have a chance. You just don't want him to give one a, some low percentage shot from out by the boards or something. If he plays like he's been playing, the Leafs he are going to have a shot to win. absolutely gave them a chance to win in game six. And I have no doubt in my mind he, he will give the Leafs a chance to win in game seven. So I agree with that. And there's something we haven't really talked about on the show. But after Vasilevsky led in the third goal against Tavares, I thought he was brilliant. In the third period in overtime, he was yeah. capital L locked in. Yeah. And yeah. that's something that, you and know, we we know what his, his numbers are in the playoffs. Yeah. And they've been awful in this series. But, you know, there's a way and for him to find it. I, I look at that overtime goal and I see uh, colossal, colossal of errors, but none that had to do with Jack Campbell. Agree. Ready for another it's question? just, though, nope. you know, here's the thing. I... I I, I fall on uh, that OT goal is like, oh, weird, it's Braden Point. Oh, weird, it's a guy who gets to the front of the net, stops in front of a goalie. Like, you know, this is something that for the Leafs, it's going to be like, if they get that goal in one of these big games, is Michael Bunting going to get there? Or Tavares or one of their net front guys? Like, I don't think it's a coincidence those guys score a lot. So I'm with you guys. I'm not blaming Campbell, but I don't think it's a coincidence the guy who scored, scored. And and. Braden Point's not having a series to remember here either. And he has no, struggled. And if if you look at Matthew's goal off the faceoff, like that's your guy. He totally lost position on Matthews. That's to me that, that fell on on, that. on point. That uh he got beat to the net, you were kept on the outside, and Matthews had uh, a great position because you lost your check off a of face-off. And Cooper mentioned that post-game. He was asked about Braden Point, yeah. and he said he thought Point had a great game, and Point was pissed off yes. about losing and, and, his and stick. That's where I was getting. Yeah. That was where I was going. Yeah. And this guy redeems himself. 
And that's what the greats do. They make mistakes and they go, okay, I'm going to find a way to make that up. And, you know, I don't want to, again, pin this on Kerfoot, but that's the one thing that Kerfoot couldn't do last night that Point did. And, yeah, there's a difference of $6 million and expectations and different guys and different talents. But for one game, that's what it's going to take. It's going to take one guy to redeem himself that maybe doesn't necessarily uh, stand out uh, as being a star. Definitely. So yeah, you know what kills me is it's it's easy to see this all have been being part of Tampa Bay's story, isn't it? Like, oh, Tampa Bay was down three two, facing elimination. Vasilevsky locks it down. Braden Point scores more of the same. You can just see this all being a part of another Tampa Bay run. Can, can I be the optimist of Leaf fans for a change today? Love it. You could also see this being a part of the Leafs run, where they had another chance in overtime and it looked like they were going to do the same thing they always do and they go into the game seven where they're tortured and they finally find a way to win a game seven and that propels them on their way i think it can go both ways but i definitely see i definitely see your perspective more let's just let's just be clear i agree (laughs) (laughs) but you can see but i can see the other side (laughs) yes All all right you got one more for us that's good yeah, I do. And it's something we haven't mentioned, and it's something that a lot of Leaf fans were pretty pissed off about last night, so I'll bring it up now. How about the non-call on Kalorn on the hold in front of the uh, in front of the ref on Matthews from Paul in Belleville, Ontario? Love this question. Love this question. Yeah. You know, it was almost a written, guys, and we had talked about this with uh, Dave Jackson, that it was a foregone conclusion that the, the penalties were going to come way down and you're going to get away with more because the players are on their best behavior. And we we did see that for a good portion of the game last night, did we not? That guys were for just sure. a we little did. bit more conscientious of of their movements, albeit, uh, you know, Kerfoot's with his stick. But outside of that, that's the way it's going to be in, in, in game seven as well. We're, we're going to have one out of two chances for maybe each team. Maybe. Two out of three, but at the end of the day, these guys are going to let everything go pretty much, JB. They're not going to want to decide it. Yeah, I think you made, you know, you've made the point, though, that they, you know, they didn't decide it with the high sticks, right? The Leafs penalties were probably penalties or at least close to penalties. I think the case for Leafs fans would be that that Kaloran play is one, and I think it is one. It's a penalty. You know, I don't know that he's ever pulling Matthews hard enough in another direction that you, you know, that it seemed egregious, but it's a penalty. I mean, it's a penalty. I understand what's happening there. I loved the way that game was officiated last night up until the power, like in the third period. And even it just was so refreshing to see these two elite teams play five on five fast hockey. And I thought it it was an awesome first two periods. The game was fast. There wasn't any penalties. And then those two. And listen. It's the way hockey's been for a hundred years. You gotta, it's gotta be a murder on ice to get a penalty in overtime. Like it's just the way it is, and it's like, yeah. if if they yeah. were if it was a reversed situation where they were talking about, uh, like if Matthews was doing that to Kalorn and the Leafs one or whatever, I can understand being the other side being upset. But I'm not that pissed off about it. Well, he had a hold of his jersey a little here's bit. Here's the problem. It's not a trip or a yeah, shot no, over but, the, but, I, the but glass. Here's the problem is that like. You don't know if you're going to be there for five more seconds or five more hours. And at some point, uh-huh. at some point, believe it or not, you're, you're going to have to, if you're an official, say, okay, do, do I let that go twice, three times? At some point, you don't even want to embarrass yourself as an official. And then you got to say, yeah. I, I, I got to reinvent the. I know we're in double overtime here, but I got to reinvent the standard here because I just can't have my whole game so having all these little uh, water skiing moments where you start tugging on shirts. So, yeah, that, like now, that, now you've greenlit just grabbing shirts, as you said. A hundred percent. And again, for me as a player, I always sat there and said, if I can see you getting away with it, then it makes me feel a lot better to get away with it because you know what I'm going to say to the official the first time he, he tags me is like, okay, like, are, are you in on the fix here? Like, did, did someone grease you? Because 
I did the exact same thing he did, and you let him get away with it and, and not me. And that's a tough one for the official to come back on. All right, listen, um, we'll pick up on that, JB, but let's welcome in Stefan Mateau because when I think about Game 7 heroes, um, you don't have to go much further than this guy. And not only did he, uh, with a couple of Game 7s, Changed the course of his life, but and mine as well, and, and many others. So let's welcome in Steph Mateau. Mateau! Mateau, Mateau! How are you, pal? Very good. Nice to hear from you. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, Thank you. listen, I mean, game seven. Uh, Leaf fans have been starving for a hero for a very, very long time. And I just thought you'd be the perfect guy to sit there and and say, hey, uh, it doesn't have to be a, a Hall of Famer, does it, Steph, to, to, to come up with a, a big Game 7? Not at all. I, I watched the game last night. I thought they were, they were in it, and I thought they were going to win yesterday. So uh, they're playing, they are playing well. I'm looking forward for Game 7. But like you said, you don't need to be a hero. Uh, you don't need to be a superstar to score, to score that type of goal. I'm a prime example. I was uh, f- by far not the best player on the team in '94, but Mike Keenan and the Rangers gave me an opportunity to to be able to uh, score two goals, one or two goals uh, down the road. So uh, very, very grateful for that opportunity, and we still talk about it. Even it's been 28 years. Obviously, it's been, it was my biggest goal in my career, and but I'm very grateful that the Rangers give me uh, an opportunity to uh, to help them. Stefan, were, were you always someone who felt confident in big moments and were able to sort of keep your emotions in check? How, how was your mindset in those biggest moments when you were able to find success? Uh, I'll be honest with you. I was the type of player who was afraid to make the mistakes. I was totally the opposite. Yeah. I kept my shift very short, but I was not full of confidence, confidence whatsoever. Just... Uh, but Nick and uh, we can talk about it forever. The 1994, we were surrounded by great leaders who stood up at the most important time. And us, uh, the the, uh, the role players, we just wanted to follow them because they were so inspiring to us. And they uh, they showed a lot of leadership and confidence. In, and for us, the younger players, we just wanted to follow. But that was totally the opposite. I was not uh, overconfident to score a big moment in a big moment like this. Yeah, you make an excellent point, uh, Steph, when it comes to trying to keep things as simple as, as possible. And, yeah, maybe uh, in our generation we were, we were a lot more, uh, I'll say it's scared to, to make mistakes. And I'm, I'm watching um, Mikheyev last night, and I think of you. And not, not that you're, you're similar in so many ways that you're playing like your, your, your second third line role um and you're similar you're big strong guys but in that instance when he gave up the shorthanded goal trying to make a a cross ice pass i'm sitting there going okay 100 percent, you would have just got it in deep right you would have just been scared to make that one more lateral pass that got picked off and if it did i'm not sure we saw any more ice time out of keenan Uh, but today uh in many ways it serves the players well for maybe not feeling as as nervous as us but at the same time it could put them in a position to be a goat just as well right but well, you learn from your mistakes uh, nick nick we know you know that we made a lot we made from mistakes and uh, by being uh, sit on the bench for the remaining of the game and probably will, would not be dressed up for the next game so you you we learned a hard way not to make those plays even though the kids are the kids in, in today's world. They uh, they're so skilled. It, the fourth liners they're skilled. They, they they will make some plays. If they don't uh, make the play, they look on their iPads on the bench and they'll try to make it better. So uh, it's a new generation. Uh, he'll learn from it. Obviously, he's get a hard lesson to uh, to to go through. But it's uh, he's a very skilled player, good player, role player. He's going to learn from it just like any other players who make mistake and you learn from them. Stefan, does it get easier the longer you go into the high-pressure moments, whether that's later into the overtime or even later into the third period? Do you ever settle in, or is it constant high alert? 
uh, depends the amount of ice time that you get. If you only right. play 10 minutes in the, in the third overtime, you don't think about uh, touching the ice. But in 1994, I was privileged enough to play on the line with Kovalev and Steve Larmer. So we had our share of ice time. So you don't uh, think as much because even though you make a mistake, you know you will touch the ice in the next two or three minutes. So uh, the longer the game goes on, I think you're less nervous because you just keep on going and just it's a, it's a nice flow into the game. But, uh, of course, we were lucky enough to be on the winning side against Game 7 against the, uh, the Devils and also against Vancouver. So Nick and I can talk about the positive and output out there. So uh, we were lucky to be, to be on the winning side. But, they, uh, but the longer the game goes on, the longer, the longer less you think, I think, the less you think about the game. Less nervous and more superstitious. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Every time I get a, uh, I get undressed. I untie my skates. Uh, thank, thank to that because uh, everyone knows the story. But I will say it again. I broke my lace, and every time I broke my lace, Eddie O uh, kissed my stick while I was fixing my skate. So uh, <laughs> uh, of course, of, of course, of course, in Game Three when. Um, the Black Aces and the extra players were by our locker room. I skated by the ice to go to the second overtime, and I asked Eddie O to kiss my stick. And when I saw the same opportunity uh, in Game 7, of course, I, would not, I was not going to miss that opportunity. And uh, so uh, thank you. Thank you for my lace to be broken, and thank you, Eddie O, for bringing me luck that I needed the most. We're talking to Stefan Matteau, a former NHLer who scored one of the most famous goals in the NHL uh, playoffs. Uh, thank God it was for uh, my team in 94, the New York Rangers. Steph, when, when we talk about game sevens or, or overtime, uh, everybody stands up and says, I got it, I got it, I got it. We all fantasize it. But if if you were talking to a Toronto Maple Leaf going into a game seven and you know, if they were in a situation of going overtime, what could you say to uh, a Leaf right now to say how a, a goal of that magnitude could change your life? It's a good point. Uh, I would not know what to say, first of all, because you don't, uh, I didn't know the impact I was going to have 28 years later. Uh, I didn't know my life would have changed, like you mentioned earlier in the podcast that uh, my life has changed because of that big moment I had I would say just to uh, just to have fun because I've all hockey players I've uh, I played in Rouen Aranda growing up with with Eric Desjardins Pierre Turgeon, Henri Ressico and we played for the Stanley Cup with a garbage can or we were all over time a situation and next goal win and then we did uh, we did carry the garbage can over our head a thousand times before and when that happened in 1994, it was surreal. It was a dream. And But my first reaction, a lot of people asked me, what did you think? Well, I didn't think about my personal success because that's not the person that I am. I was thinking to my, I was saying to myself, we are going to the Stanley Cup and we have a chance to win in two weeks. So, uh, But I would say to the Leaf or whoever, because we're going to see a few Game 7 this weekend, that... Uh, Let's enjoy it, have fun with it, and you never know if your name's going to be called. Okay, that, that leads me to this next question. If you don't score uh, a double overtime uh, goal to get us into a Stanley Cup final, do you, do you still play Augusta a few years ago? No. No, no, no. Don't, <laughs> you played uh, Augusta? Not at all. Yes, he played Augusta. Oh, yeah. Yes, Come he on. did. with... Uh, I played with, I played, uh, let me tell you something. I don't pay to too many meals in, in New York City. Every time I come to town, people, I don't pay for meals. I don't drink it. I've been sober for 21 years. But if I would drink, I would never pay for a drink in New York City. The New York Ranger fans are just amazing. They recognize us, Nick included, all the players from the 94. We are a special team. We're the only team who, got, who won the Stanley Cup the last 80 or 90 years. So, uh but no, I would and, never. I would never play Augusta. I would never play Best Page. I would never play those beautiful golf courses. <laughs> and I don't have to pay a dime. So that's the that's the craziness about it. That's this, a good point. That's the craziness about it. This is what the Leaf players need to know. That this is this is what a, an opportunity like Saturday night could do for their lives. 
Absolutely. I'll be watching the game because I think they deserve it. They have a very good program. I know the Leafs fans or the league's been really hard on them over the years, but I think this year they have a very good program, quality players, but also quality play, person in the locker room. My son played with Morgan Riley years ago with the, when they won the championship in Notre Dame uh, for the major triple level, and he's a quality. I, I always like to look at, at, at players play because I met him before. But I think they deserve it, but it's the same thing for the other team also. So the, the playoffs are amazing. Uh, this year, mostly this year, this, there, there will be some very good teams who are going to be out in the first round, whether we agree or not. But they, uh, tomorrow, Game 7, I think uh, the Leafs, if they can win this one, I think they can go all the way. Steph, you're a beautiful man for helping me win a Stanley Cup, man. Thanks, pal. That was, that was my pleasure. I wish we would have won more, but uh, we can surf on that one for, for yes, a few more years. we Thank will. You. Hey, uh, thanks for your time, and we'll get you back again soon, okay? Anytime, guys. Thank you. Have a good night. Stefan Matteau. See, he scores. He scores big goals in Game 7. He gets to play Augusta. And I didn't score a big goal, and I'm playing Don Valley with Sam. With Sam McKee and me. With Sam McKee and Justin Bourne. You see how that works in life? career went off the rails. All right? Yeah. So all you leave Nothing players, wrong with Don Valley. Nothing wrong with nothing it. Nothing wrong. But it Don ain't Valley Augusta. Catching <laughs> it's not Augusta. Okay, it's not Augusta. No, you're right. You're and last time I checked my visa, it said 70 bucks. <laughs> Still charging. I'm telling you, uh, yeah. it's so much fun to go back to New York and we do some charity events and uh, the alumni can get together and like... Like he said, 28 years later, people thanking him, can't uh, buy him meals. And it's like, he's like, he turns around and goes, thank God they have good memories. (laughs) (laughs) You know, though, it's funny because we, you know, sometimes I watch these hockey games happening and, you know, all wrapped up in it. And I'm like, God, it's just a game. We make too big a deal of this. Like, it's just a game. And then I'm sitting here in Clark Gilley's office right now. And I'm looking around at, at the things that he was involved in in his life. There's a picture of him ringing the bell at the NASDAQ. And there's all these charity things and awards. And it's just like your whole life can change for these guys. It's silly that it's a result of a game. But it is. There is this much stuff. Lives, you know, you, what can what can be when yeah. you win the, that cup? It's it's a different world. You know, uh, as much as I have the, the amazing memories, I, I can't think about 94 uh, without thinking about the, the iconic photograph of Trevor Linden. And I think he's got his arm around Kirk McLean, who I went to high school with. And just to, to see that expression in their face of just just falling short like you, you can't have one feel without yeah. having the other um side of it and that to me is what people love most about sport is that you know one side could leave it on the on the line and the other one could too and in many ways that that's what the leafs experienced last night it's like why like it's like friggin' watching a a plinko chip on prices right why is it going left why does it go right mm-hmm. why does it not bounce for us and We'll never have those answers. And, yes, Sammy thinks that they're cursed, and we know that they're not, but do we, we do? know for sure? We do? Do we know? <laughs> He's not so sure. <laughs> do we know for sure? Here's what I know is, is I know that their general manager believes in math and, uh, you know, odds and science what about and all that. you – Yeah, maybe not. I think he trends? believes that if trends? you put themselves – Does he believe in trends? Your, yes. But if you put yourself in these situations often enough with good players, eventually you will get a bounce. The Plinko chip will kick. You can't drop it a hundred times and not have it land on the square you want ever. Well, so, uh, you know, you can nine times, you can 10, can you 11, can you 12? We'll see. You're right. The odds should improve for the Toronto Maple Leafs the more opportunities they get. But in theory. <laughs> in theory. eventually it's got to turn. Okay, so in theory, we have a we have a, a comment from a regular contributor to our YouTube stream. It's, it's Mario Kart, and it says, uh, "Born, please let us know that you are okay." Hashtag free born. 
blinked twice. Are you okay, Bart? Are you in a New York jail cell? Here's one of the reasons I'm confident that the the Leafs are going to win. Because there's no way all this bad luck happened at once that I couldn't be there and COVID protocol and the timing. We're going to get another round out of this. There is going to be more YouTube Kipper and Bourne here ahead of us. I know it. <laughs> oh, I'm please. Okay. Eh, we got a week of, you know, picking the carcass. Next week will be fine. No, no, no. Don't think that way. Uh, yeah, picking Tampa's carcass, It's Sammy. coming. All right, Sam, what else you got for us on uh, our uh, – do you want to? I mean, we only have a couple minutes here. We got some big stories. Do you want to talk? Where about, do you want to go? You want to talk about out? Sid? You want to talk about Sid? Yeah. Emily Kaplan reporting that he has a concussion. Socks, man. Socks. Yeah. Okay. It does so, suck. And can they know, win two games without him? Can the Rangers? No, no. Let me ask you this: Can the Rangers that's what, that's what blow an opportunity where you knocked out their their goalies? their best defenseman and the best player in the world. Like, like how do you, how do you, how do you miss this opportunity for the Rangers to not win this series with, with the depleted lineup? Can you see it? No, you're right. Well, and going into the series, I wouldn't have said that there was much pressure. Like this series seemed like, or this season felt like on house money, they got it turned around, but yeah, now you're supposed to win. They're in a position now where there is some real pressure on them. And unfortunately, Pittsburgh's got a lot of guys who've been through it before, despite the the Crosby absence. But I will say, Pittsburgh was a team to me that could surprise people and kind of make an interesting push here this postseason. With Sid, you know, he would have tried to skate and the concussion would let him play. That's kind of out the window, right? He's a guy who dragged that team along. I, I find I think they have enough sort of pedigree. They've played a lot of sort of you just remember them playing all those years without Sid. I know that's a long time ago, but we always think about how well Malcolm plays when Crosby's out. I think they find a way to get a win here in the next two games, no? I, I every time I I don't give them credit, they make me look like an idiot. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm not touching it. Malkin's the uh, yeah. 101st best player that ever played. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> New, yeah. right? New, that, Z, New Zealand alone mentioned again, but he's definitely better than Gino was, no that, doubt. That's, uh, that's, that's dangerous for Rangers still. And Zabanajad and, actually... and Kreider and uh, Panarin, they don't, look, uh, they don't look great still for me. No, and that Shesterkin looks human is the most concerning point of all, all right. for, for that side. So Boston and Carolina. A home series, Carolina going to take this thing? I, to me, the Carolina is the Leafs here. They're the Leafs, right? They're the team that had the better regular season with talented guys that you're like, can they break through? Boston's been there, done that. It just doesn't feel like it's so hard to get a bet against Marchand, Pasternak, and Bergeron in these situations. Oilers in L.A. Did uh, JB, did you see... Evander lifting uh, the hand up and uh, identifying is what, seven goals? I think it was, no, I think it's about the seven games. They're going to the seventh game. Oh, okay. How many goals does Evander have in here? And he's got seven. So I don't know. I, I don't know which one he was referring to, <laughs> but it could have been either. Yeah. So he to would, me, he had the cover of getting to claim he was thinking about the team while he got to remind <laughs> okay. people how many he has. Yes. I, I think he's that evil. <laughs> seven okay. games. Seven oh, games. Of course seven he games. said that. Yeah, of yes. course. Do you think yeah. Connor liked it? Yeah. He, he, after the game, he just pulled out a big wad of money for the for the press conference and put oh, it up to his man. ear. But no, I uh, Connor did not like it. And I actually love that from Connor. Listen, he was the main guy yeah. that – he was the guy that said it. Come to Edmonton. He was on the front lines – eating all that crap when they wanted to sign him. And he had the stones to go out there and be like, hey, man, maybe not that. Like, maybe, you know, like, maybe. Did he say that? No. Well, he said to him on the bench. He looked at him and he said something to him. So I don't know what it was, but. Flames and Dallas. That's one of those games where you're thinking Calgary's going to find a way to blow this. And and then they just just drive right through it. And Ottinger has been unbelievable and yet calgary refuses to uh to wash away their 82 game season like it was nothing yeah th- yeah no I- these games are scary though because they're so tight and you go to a game seven you find a way to get to a game seven if you're dallas and it's like you get up one you get scared so yeah got to close out tonight all right Boys, so what, what, we could have six game sevens potentially crazy love it, it.
thoughts on uh, What did we find out about Gabby? He's back next year, but no, no new contract. I thought he was back for a couple years, wasn't it? I don't know. Did they announce that he 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 signed a new contract? Yeah, they did. Okay. What what uh, what uh, do they mention? How many years, or just a one year extension, or what, what what details did we get, Sammy? I didn't see. Uh, I'm just looking it up right now. Return to the bench uh, this coming season from the. Uh, sorry. I'm pouring through the tape here. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the lease. What do you think is going to happen? <laughs> All right. Good for Gabby. Uh, I'm saying game seven goes to overtime. Oh, God. I am. Oh. Did, did I not call overtime in game six? You did. Justin Hall, OT winner. 4-3 win. <laughs> 4-3 win. Yeah. In overtime. Yeah. I mean, I'm... I, I got a win, too. I'll take 3-2, a little bit lower scoring. Just tight, tight, it, it, tight. We're going with the percentages. It's got to turn. Angle, it's got to turn. Hey, thanks for uh, watching and listening, everybody. Really appreciate it. We'll see you Monday with hopefully a big win. Godspeed.